irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Accent On with Alona Europa, right here on LA Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ilona Europa, Accent On, Accent On London edition on LA Talk Radio. Every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, we are here. I'm here for almost nine years right now and always happy to introduce wonderful new guest to our show. Today we have a very, very special show. We have part two of our interview with Polish, and I will say Hollywood family of uh, Robosz. And we will be talking to Gosia Robosz, Marek Robosz, Valentina Robosz, and Vincent Robosz. How picture perfect this Zoom is for everybody to enjoy. So I will say one week passed. We had a really great show. We had a lot of views. We had a lot of uh, people watching uh, our show. So now we need to start where we left off. I remember it was like uh, 2012. And for people who don't remember or they had no chance to listen or watch our show, I just really need to think that we need to introduce all of us one more time, what we are doing, who we are, and why this family is so special outside of being so gorgeous. So maybe um, this time we'll start from mother. We called you queen. Yes. Uh, so gosh, yeah, outside of being mother and a head of family, and just probably the most important human being in this family, you are also a businesswoman. So could you tell us a little bit what you are doing? I won't say in spare time, outside of being a mother and wife, but I think, yes, a lot of time you are spending to develop your professional needs. Uh, Professionally, I am a financial consultant, and uh, this is something that happened to me accidentally but it actually gave me a lot of freedom to do things that I really love because I can't say that I was in love with financial consulting but I was always always interested in helping others and in healing techniques in spiritual emotional physical well-being um, became a vegetarian when I was 21 um, discovered different paths um, throughout many, many years. And uh, yoga entered my life at some point uh, when I was in my 20s. And um, this turned out to be love of my life, one of them. <laughs> of course, this is the biggest <laughs> love of my life but, and my children. But uh, speaking about things that we love to do, uh, something that we can put entire heart and soul into Yoga definitely took me to the heights I haven't expected. So uh, it's still with me in different capacities since my uh, car crash nine years ago, ten years ago. But um, but still, still very present. And I'm now happy to see it uh, coming up in my children. Uh, they've been doing yoga since they were babies, but I never thought that this will be a skill, a very important skill in their lives. And also, um, I uh, looked into many holistic ways of healing, natural ways of healing, energy ways of healing, and I was exposed to many different things. But amongst those was a Reiki healing method. It's an energy healing uh, originally uh, from Japan. Um, And it it is a method of holding hands over certain points of the body and the flow of Reiki energy is doing its magic. Um, I am not providing this energy. The energy flows through me, but the effects are incredible. Whether you're a skeptic, believer, non-believer, Vincent is nodding because every time he fell or was injured or kicked or it looked like that's it. It's over. Um, Mama will put the hands over and uh, 
and, and, the, the and the miracle happened and he would get up and <clears throat> um, so it, it's a very very important part of my life uh, in the beginning I was just doing it because I love doing it and um, later it became a profession as well Wonderful. So you have private clients or do you have a place that people can come and see you? Or they, how, how do you do that? Well, for many years, I uh, rented a studio to teach yoga in um, all the way up until my accident. And then I had to close. Um, but with Reiki, it's mostly private and also teaching yoga in, in private capacity as well. Yoga meditation, um, advice on healthy living, nutrition, um, healing naturally, not only with Reiki energy, but in other aspects as well. I know, you know, (laughs) yes, we heard about Reiki, a lot of people, I'm sure, know, and a lot of people maybe are not uh, believers. They don't uh, think that this is something that they could even consider, consider. but I just uh, uh, spoke to you uh, before show that NHS in uh, England right now is hiring Reiki practitioners for the hospitals uh, to deal with uh, after cancer, uh, you know, dealing with patients who have recovered from cancer and because they see how helpful this is uh, for patients. So everybody who would like to try something new or, you know, just try to get in contact with you, how they can achieve that? Um, through Facebook. <laughs> okay, yes, that's the best way. So, I'm here as Gosha Prokosh and uh, they can find me and private message me. Um, and then we can take it from there, but definitely. And again, you don't have to be a believer. You can be the biggest skeptic. Um, my journey started with my uncle who was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. And uh, there was, of course, uh, surgery and, and all other things suggested um, that you do. And uh, instead of that, we started uh, Reiki sessions and not even in person. They were uh, distant Reiki healing sessions. That is very interesting. So really, the waves that the uh, um, yes, can, yes, power of attention, and you know, it is possible. It's kind of like thought. It can travel. We call it. It's energy beaming, beaming, beaming. There we go. Beam it. You beam it. Yeah. And uh, so incredibly successful with my uncle who really never he was a a physicist a scientist he never believed in things like like you know laying on hands or (laughs) sending energy but we did it and his numbers went down and he was in remission he still is um, never to be uh, operated on etc so so that really made me feel that it's such a needed skill and at, at, at worst it can totally relax a person that is um, suffering from anxiety and and all aspects of finding out your diagnosis, you know, of whatever the doom and gloom is. Um, so it's, it, I think it's very, very relevant in our times right now. Wonderful. Now we know so much about you and everybody who wants to get in touch just go on Facebook and under Gosia Probos or of course um, Marek Probos or, or Valentina Probos get in touch uh, in touch with Mama um, and Gosia you will be helping we have amazing pictures of you uh, in yoga position so we will be also giving people to enjoy them because they are very, very beautiful. And uh, so now I think, Marek, like I said, you are with, uh, as a father and husband and actor and director and writer, you have so many hats. And I know that you are wearing on, but you mentioned the first part of our show that being a family man, father, and husband, this is something that you think is the most important role in your life. So I know we have beautiful uh, children here, and they are doing so, so well. Their family is healthy and happy and very creative. But still, to get to this point that we have this picture-perfect uh, family, we need the role model and model. And I know, Gosha, you mentioned that... Marek is an amazing father, you know, amazing. amazing father. And we have 
probably we can hear a little bit from uh, Valentina and from Vincent why why all of you think that and just make of course Marek proud and happy um, because we cannot find too many good fathers in this world yes. the best he should have a show uh, on a regular basis of how to be a father how to mentor a child um, how to raise a good solid responsible conscientious and conscious human being for sure so I think I would love a little bit to hear from daughter and son uh, on this topic because everybody says mama, mama, mama. Naturally, we hear more about mothers to taking care of their children when a father left or something. We have so many broken families uh, right now. Your family uh, is sticking together to thin and great times in life to sicknesses because both of you had a, um, a Vincent and you had accident accidents pretty serious one so overcome this type of uh, problems in life takes certain strength but Marek like I said being a father and having this role of being also an actor and traveling and being creative person still the time that he put into raising two beautiful children uh, it's just something very, very special. So, Valentina, I'm sure you you are just everything to daddy, you know. So, why he's so special, dad? Well, it's impossible to say, you know, in such a short amount of time. But what I can tell you is that the, one of the most important things that my dad has always told us above everything else in life is love and beyond that you know what does it really mean to be a human being and what's your purpose here that's not something that you ask a child usually but with my dad you know it's the second you you came into this world <laughs> the purpose basically of your being it's immediately, yeah it's immediately he tells you you know um and, and I see him do this with other people, too, with students. You know, obviously, they're not his children, so it's not the one-to-one contact, that incredibly special, you know, contact that we have. But he is, like, this universal father, you know, even to his students, where the meaning of life is so very important to him to communicate this to everybody, and especially to his children, I think, is really love and sharing this love. And we talked about it yesterday, actually, with him, that you have to be a beacon of light for everyone, you know, not just um, not just to those closest to you, not just working on yourself. Your purpose here really as a human being is to become someone that it shares this light with everybody else. So from the second, you know, I was when I was a baby, my dad was reading me Shakespeare <laughs> mythology from all the different, you know, cultures he was acting it out, you know, he's an actor, so everything came to life for me as a, as a child, and we would have discussions about, when I was old enough, we would have discussions about this mythology, what does it mean, why is it written this way, what is this ancient wisdom, you know, um, how do you carry it with you in your life, um, and I remember I would ask a lot of questions, but why, daddy, why is this person bad, why is this person good, how does this happen? And he always took the time to sit down and explain. <clears throat> and I never had an absent father. I missed him when he left, but he was never absent, truly. You know, he was always there for me. So, and uh, he's one of the things I admire, <clears throat> excuse me, the most about my father is that he's not afraid to be a human being and to show his, you know, he's an actor, of course, but he's, I think that's what brings it out the most in him, that he's not afraid to show what it truly does mean to be a human being, to hurt, to love, emotions, to emotions they, he, he doesn't hide any of it, you know, he, he's, he's a real true human being, and I, I think I take on some of those skills too, not skills, uh, some of those traits too, where, you know, I, I also feel the roller coaster of of life, but I, it's all beautiful. You know, it's, it's, there are ups, there are downs, there are hardships. Yeah. But yeah, that, you know, in a, in a nutshell, very brief nutshell, um, my father just embedded the strongest pillars, you know, the strongest morals and told us that 
never ever let go of your light you're going to go out into the world and experience the darkness but you have to be the light for yourself and for others wonderful lesson wonderful wonderful words from the daughter so daddy we are so proud of you marek this is very very special you are a very special human being now daughters are always in love with fathers you know that's the first man that they love and they love forever but now we have your son Obviously, he looks like you so, so much. Obviously, he's much taller much than you and has a lot of wonderful uh, talent similar to you. But you are the son of a very, very impressive man. So it's very hard to probably look up to him or maybe it's very easy to look up to him. So tell me, why do you think Daddy is so special? Well, like you said, with, with my sister, as the daughter, you know, she, the father is the first man that, that she loves and she will forever love. Well, that doesn't change for me. He's the first man I love and I forever love him as well. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's beautiful. My dad, my dad has always been my best friend and, and my twin. And uh, from the first second, you know, I, I came into the world the love my dad gave me is a very different love than all the other fathers in the world usually give. It's, I don't think there's any father that, that raised their child the way, you know, my dad raised us. Um, the love he gave me was not just the love of a father. It was the love of a father, of a grandfather, of a mentor, of a guru, of a best friend, of a brother, of a son. You know, it's, it's being able to understand as a parent, when you need to listen to your son, when you need to respect his opinion, when you need to, maybe say, oh, you know what? You're right. I can learn something from you as well. And of course, the other side, to be my guru, to be my mentor, to be my guide, to, you know, help put me on that path to lightness, to greatness in my life. Um, and it's the, the pillars, like my sister said, you know, not to repeat, but it's always been honesty, always been truth, always been love, you know, and it's just, I always, I always remember the words that, will forever stay with me with my father and it's uh it's something that just builds that trust forever from day one and it's the smallest tiniest bad thing you can do is better than the biggest lie so no matter what you did if you come to me and you tell me that's better than the smallest lie so you know it's just having that confidence that i can trust my father with anything and that he trusts me with everything and it's It's, an, it's a bond we carry through all of us. It's not just with my father, of course. It's with my mom, my, my sister, you know. Um, but it's just, it's been there forever. And it's, it's, uh, it's really just something that it's, you can't put it in words. It's, it's a relationship that we have with my dad. And I just thinking back now when my sister was talking, you know, going back to elementary school to, you know, before that to middle school, high school, all this time I was growing up in LA before I, I left for Brazil when I was 16, My dad was always different, not only in the way he raised us, but just the way he was. Obviously, he's an actor, so he, you know, likes to go overboard. He likes to fantasize and bend the truth into beautiful ways where it's, where it's fun, where it's creative, where it's just magical. And I remember, you know, all these parents are so quick to, and lazy to just put their kids into the slave system, you know, just let them go learn everything in school, let them, you know, the nanny's going to pick them up from school. There's no love. There's no touch. My dad would pick me up on his bicycle from school. I mean, come on, who else does that? You know, I would, I would be riding on with him on the bicycle. I remember all my friends, man, I want my dad to do that. You know, <laughs> my friends were so jealous. You know, it was never about the materialistic things. It was never about uh, for under the Christmas tree, buying some kind of presents or it was the love. It was, that was the biggest present of all, you know, and it was this, I used to even be a little bit embarrassed, you know, in front of my friends. Oh, my dad's so different. He's so crazy, you know, but I love it. <laughs> I was wearing love the last stuff at the head, right? Yeah, you know, he would, there's just no filters with my dad. And that's what I love about him. And, and that's why I, I just, I admire the man he is. And like my sister said, he's just, he shows you the light on the other side of the tunnel. You know, he shows you that there's that, there's that connection to the higher world. There's a purpose in life. You know, there's, there's a deeper meaning to all of it. As a son, I always, there was that freedom. I never felt that, you know, my parents are telling me, go be a doctor, go be a, you know, 
whatever, go make money. Money is going to make you happy, you know, do good in school, go to college, etc. You know, I finished high school two years early. I never went to college. I do all my stuff online. I self-educate and I'm happier. I'm free, you know. I'm living my dream, my passion. I don't think many people can say that my age. Um, and it's all because of the freedom my parents gave me. I know whatever I pursued, I would always have their full love and support. You know, and my dad was was the, great, the greatest advocate of that. Um, I remember he, it was just, it was whatever I wanted to be. He would just go 100% into that. You know, he never forced his dreams upon me. He never you know, made me go down a specific path, but the path that I chose, you know, he guided me into it. He showed me the best and he always dedicated everything he had into it. And he always gives me the truth and always, you know, beautiful words that we hear from the children. I'm hoping it will not scare most of fathers saying we will never be like mine, but we could be in some percentage similar and more free and more just, Uh, welcoming uh, children to every moment of fathers' lives and just have this this closeness. Uh, so I think you have a lot of uh, things to say, Marek, also. One day you need to write a book about this topic, how to raise successful, wonderful human beings. Uh, you know, that's very important. Last time, I think, the least, uh, I was asking... Thank you, family. Thank you, everyone. I wanted to thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> I know, it's very hard to hear. Thank you, you know, for giving me the opportunity to do all of that. <laughs> you know, but we have on a, on a video, so I think this is like the bestest present. Anyway, the accent on can give it to you and to all of us uh, who are listening to just have this uh, example of a perfect, wonderful father. And why not? You are perfect father so and great husband and wonderful can i can i add to it because yep. mentoring and raising and yes it's a hard job but i also want everyone to know that marek was a master diaper changer <laughs> he could bathe a child yeah, with, the, with with the safety pins yeah you know we had cloth diapers for the babies the best stuff and environmentally friendly of course But Marek was the one. He carried the babies in the front sack, in the back sack, everywhere <laughs> he went. There was no problem ever for him to have a child with him in the stroller or on him or wherever. And there's with my um, nose. When I wasn't around <laughs> and the babies were hungry, he would stick his nose in their mouth and Valentina would suck so hard that he would have a blue nose <laughs> before I came home. And he flipped the switch because we're losing power. Okay. So, But, Valentina, we, we come back to you, mommy. Uh, just it, it talks about you being a baby. But now we have this amazing 23 years uh, girl. And I think last show, we had the least time uh, to, an opportunity to talk to you. So I would love people to also know you more. I know you're a singer. I know you are an actor. I know you're a paralegal. I know you are a very highly educated uh, lady. You are discovering yourself every day of your life. So for 23 years old girl, uh, traveling to Greece to just, you know, teach English and have this freedom of uh, an approval of parents to just let you send you away and say, yes, honey, discover your world. This is something very, very special. So if you can tell us a little bit about your achievements, because yes, your voice, yes, you can tell me to us, you were singing vocalist on a very, very nice uh, music score to the movie. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. I think, uh, you know, having had all the experiences I've had so far in my life, the studio is, I think, one of the happiest uh, places I, spaces I've ever been in. I, I remember being, you know, just on wings, like just feeling so good there. And uh, I don't know, you know, it's not even my range, the, the recording that hopefully we'll play in the, in the show later. I don't sing that high. It's very difficult for me to sing that high. But when I was in the studio, it just kind of poured out. And I, I, It was just such a, it felt very natural and I, I loved doing it. And I guess with my voice, you know, um, because of what I mentioned in the last show that, you know, I went through some hardships in school and I didn't, I was looking for a way to, I think, express myself. Um, I danced a little, you know, bit. Uh, I danced since I was three years old and that was something that I had going for me, but I didn't 
maybe have a voice, you know, I had a physical expression, but I didn't have the voice that I wanted to have to, to speak up about what was happening. So instead, I started, you know, hiding in the bathroom, hiding in the closet, recording a little bit, you know, I was very shy about it. I didn't want anybody to hear it. And um, <clears throat> my mom actually convinced me, I think I played something for her. I don't really remember how it happened. But she convinced me to start singing more, use your voice, you know, she would make me sing for her in the car sometimes, and I would be so shy, and I didn't want to do it. But she would convince me to really use your voice, go deeper, breathe deeper, you know, go, dig it out of yourself, um, in a very loving way, of course. And, you know, I, I, lo I liked it too much to stop. So I just kept going and going. And after that experience with the recording, I discovered you know, I, I was really embarrassed. I came to the studio, I played some silly, you know, like recording that I did with no instrumentals, nothing. I The only instrument I know how to play is violin, and that doesn't go really well with singing, you know, so um, <laughs> I want to learn the guitar or piano or something. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I played this acoustic recording that I had done just myself recording in my bathroom where the acoustics are good. Um, one song continuously and the composer Martin Tillman um, heard, you know when he heard this he said you know wow you did this all in one take and I said yes and he said I think you know I think you should try recording in the studio and so that's that's, that's how it happened and it it was beautiful it was uh, I really discovered something since then and I hope I can continue that someday but Oh, absolutely. You can, you know, and uh, I, I would love to tell people that you recorded vocalist on the soundtrack to the Switzerland film. I don't know how to spell, but then you can say the name, Shalen Ursli by composer, uh, composer Martin Tillman. So that's a pretty, pretty uh, big deal. he fell in love with your voice so this is just the beginning so you need to continue but you are also an actor so uh, daddy gave you this talent too so you play main role in the movie my name is asha could you tell us a little bit about uh, this role absolutely so um how that happened is you know i met with uh, balbinka kozhanovska she's a director um, and has many, many projects out there. But at this time, she was still in film school uh, when I met her at UCLA. And um, I think she contacted my parents originally, asking if they know someone, right, uh, who is, you she know, called around me, the yes, age. I, I was teaching at UCLA, so she made the connection. <clears throat> okay. Um, and so, you know, my parents uh, actually suggested that we meet, and I, they were present at the, at the meeting, and... Balbinka just really spoke, she spoke to me not asking me anything about acting, not asking me anything about, you know, not telling me really much about the script at first, but just kind of seeing um, what kind of personality I am, speaking with me, how I, how I you know, verbalize and how I um, respond to, to her, how we interact. And at the end of this meeting, she told me that she saw in me the reflection of who she was as a young girl. Um, and I think 
that kind of, I, I had never been on camera really before, you know, uh, I had done musical theater in school, but I, it, you know, it was also a, a very interesting experience for me to be on camera for the first time. And even on set, I remember the other children, my brother was actually in the film too. Um, but I didn't, I had such a hard time making friends with the other children. I really sunk into this role of the girl I was playing Balbinka when she was little coming to the U.S. and going to school, her first day of school there and getting bullied. And uh, actually the children drag her into the bathroom, chop her hair off, you know, and just it. And so, you know, I was playing myself and Balbinka. I, I never got my hair chopped off, but you can hurt someone in other ways. Right. So um, I this experience on camera, on film, I remember it was so interesting because even when I was there on the set, I couldn't make friends with the other kids because I was so self-conscious of this reality that we were playing out. Um, and it felt, it felt very real to me because I thought this is actually what happens, you know? So I couldn't even make friends with the kids off camera because I, I knew what the next scene was going to be. And I just had that distance between us, but you know, I, um, being on camera for me, I'm, I'm also a little bit shy with it, but I like, like what's that? You like it. You like, you have this bug. The daddy like, gave it to you. Yes, I, I love acting and uh, I love being on stage. You know, I did musical theater for a long time. So and you're a somewhere. dancer also. You're dancing. So, you know, you're playing violin, you're singing, you're very smart, like I say. You would, and you're 23. So, obvious, everything is open in front of you. And it's really nice to hear you because most of people say, oh, daddy is an actor, so children naturally will go into acting. But no, no, no. You said a very nice line. You said, uh, this was my first time. I never been. I didn't do this. So it really shows that daddy and mommy are not pushing uh, you or before to be anything just that they wanted you to be. You're just picking and choosing. And I think right now that especially when you are already uh, after uh, Berkeley, you know, and you are a professional woman, but you're still trying to figure out what life is uh, for you. And I know you'll find your own way beautifully. But I know also something very cool. I read a cute interview that Daddy sent it to me, that Vincent, you said that you rather play in a soccer team for Poland than being an actor. So, like your daddy. So, are you really uh, thinking this way? Do you think that camera will not cut you eventually and ask you to just play James Bond or something like that? Oh, yes. <laughs> you are beautiful, uh, young gentleman. So, Thank you. why no? when it comes to acting why do you think well you know I'll be, I'll be honest with you completely it's very very common in the media to get your words twisted oh um, so i'm sure you're you're very familiar with this and obviously my dad is you know being being interviewed um the way you put some things across don't always come out that way and and so it's usually told the better way the story is gonna go so now you tell us straight that wasn't really now i'm gonna tell you straight it's completely different so what do you mean you think that acting is the something that you also will consider and would like to do in the future like I said, you know, I'm, I, my parents always gave me the freedom to be the man I want to be. And I feel I am free to be the man I want to be right now. My passion is 100%, you know, soccer. I can't live without it. It's, it's what I want to dedicate my time and, and all my effort to and build a career in. But, you know, I, I do enjoy acting. I, you know, I did. That's I do enjoy being in front of the camera. I, I model, you know, I, I do a bit of modeling. Um, every time I, I have off season, you know, I'm always contacted by some kind of photographers, you know, I'm, I'm always working with people. Um, I enjoy being in front of the camera. Maybe if I have, you know, the time after a soccer career, after, you know, some success, then maybe I'll pursue something in acting. But as of right now, it's, it's more into modeling. It's more into just photography strictly as it's not as much of a 
you know, you're not putting yourself into a project. It's just, it's very easy. It's very, you know, just to use the image, use the, be in front of the camera for a day, you know, we're done and, and you move on with acting. It's really, it's something you have to pour your soul into. And my dad obviously knows this, you know, you have to, like my sister just said, you become that character. You work on a project, you know, I wouldn't want to act just to, you know, play some kind of small role, be an extra, just make a little money. That's not, you know, what I would, what I would want to do with it. If I did go in that direction, it would definitely be to do something big, to do something meaningful, to be somebody in there. So who knows, you know, maybe down the road, something, something's waiting for me in that, in that direction. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, well, it, I, I'm, I just know that whatever I do, I have to put my heart and soul into it 150%. So right now it's soccer, but who knows, maybe, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now after my career, maybe we go into acting. <laughs> and I also want to go back a little bit to our previous conversation. Uh, I had it on my show a few times. And so I know you from the age when you were like 15, 16, 17. Now you are 20, but only 20. And like, I think two years ago, before you were moving to Brazil, um, you mentioned that you need to study Portuguese. I'm like, uh, okay, okay, okay. So I'm so happy because Daddy uh, or Mommy sent me this little inter interview, wonderful inter interview, and uh, which uh, can show how beautifully and fluently you speak uh, this language. And this is the interview, your first interview on TV Rio Claro in Brazil. So I hope we can insert this uh, interview, even for people who don't understand uh, this language. Everybody knows how comfortable you are using this language. A cara dele entrega. Não é brasileiro. O Vincent é polonês e está no Brasil há um ano e meio. Joga de volante. Sabe se virar bastante já, inclusive na língua. Todo dia com o pessoal aqui e, e com é, jogadores no campo, você aprende muito rápido, eu, eu acho. E é, sempre quando alguma pessoa aqui para você entender alguma coisa no campo, prioramente, é, você tem que aprender rápido. So... You have a lot of talents, what I'm saying. Yes, being a great soccer player. And now I know you still are waiting for good news for you about what will be the next country, next step in your career. Right now you are in Poland. Uh, so, uh, so anytime when you tell us what's going on, I would like to record and just give people the update. That's what we'll be doing. We'll be updating every three months what's going on in our beautiful, wonderful family Then I'm sure everybody feels like it's a part of right now. So, Marek, you also, I cannot say that you are the most accomplished uh, human in this family, but in a way, yes, you are. So we prize that. We love that. We, we just really cherish to have you as an actor. So if you can tell us a little bit about your very big success um, that in New York, on Broadway. So, yes. you tell us what was it? I will mm. talk about this. I have, I have my odyssey with one of the biggest heroes of the 20th century, who happened to be the captain Witold Pilecki, the only man who voluntarily, during the Second World War, joined the Roundup in Warsaw and got himself arrested by Nazis, and he was taken to the concentration camp in Auschwitz to start underground there to collect intelligence and to send it out of Auschwitz to the Allies to find out about the atrocities that are taking place in Auschwitz. And of course, gradually, since he got to Auschwitz in 1940, when Auschwitz was opened, its gate, Arbeit macht frei, right? Uh, work makes you free. <clears throat> um, so he was there for three years, two years and seven months, to be exact. And... Um, I was casted in a movie called The Death of Captain Pilecki. And uh, this movie and the story of Captain Vitor Pilecki, which was, his story was erased by the communist regime. Pilecki was murdered by Polish communists after the war. He survived Auschwitz. And uh, the story about Pilecki is so amazing, so unbelievable, that when you read about it, you, you just... Superhero. Superhero, a natural hero. Uh, 
So when I read the script that the, one of the best Polish film directors, Ryszard Bugajski, sent me from Poland saying that, please, Marek, read it. I hope you will say no. You, you wouldn't say no to it, you know, because I think it's a perfect role part for you. When I read it, I was blown away and I started to read everything that was out there about Pilecki. Um, and I really turned into Captain Witold Pilecki when I portrayed him on screen. Um, I was in a very close contact with him, with his spirit, and I was him. I was channeling him. No wonder after the film I got, I don't even know how many invitations to go to a different film festivals, to go to universities uh, for Q&A, for the screening, to synagogues, to cathedrals, to uh, embassies, consulates, uh, Zen centers, all kinds of places around the globe. Washington, D.C.? Including Washington, D.C. Training for new diplomats. Uh, around yes, uh, there was also an, uh, actually a concept of going to upstate New York to the prison, maximum security prison, because this is the only prison in the United States where nobody ever escaped, and this is death row. Mostly people who are inmates. It's about seventeen hundred inmates there, and the deputy of the prison. Uh, got this idea with with the Kaplan over there that they will introduce books once a year, one book they will pick for the inmates to read about human beings, about their world that they could of be, but unfortunately their path or whatever happened in their life took them here. But let's find out about other spirits who didn't have it any easier way, yet they did succeed in their path. Um, so, believe it or not, this deputy with the, with the chaplain, uh, they were going through all the books that can inspire inmates and can embrace everybody. And finally, they picked the, the Auschwitz volunteer, Captain Witold Pilecki, a book which was published in the United States. And they introduced that book to the inmates, and they totally fell in love with the hero, who not only had family. He had a wife and two children. At that time, he went to underground to fight against the invasion of Germans, against the world, against Europe and the world. But then voluntarily, he smuggled himself after a different name to Auschwitz, started underground there for three years, was sending intelligence, when nothing, allies did nothing to drop the weapons or gave, gave, gave the, the, his organization underground an organization to liberate Auschwitz from inside, he escaped Auschwitz to convince his superiors that it must be done because 8,000 people a day are being murdered over there. A day. Something must be done. Nothing was done. Then the Warsaw Uprising happened. Then he was again taken to another concentration camp. Then the end of the world ha- war happened. Then he said the war didn't end in 1945, because Soviets took over Poland. So I'm going to fight against Soviets now. So being in Italy, where he, when he was liberated, he went from Germany to Italy to General Anders, who was starting Polish free government outside of Poland, because Poland was occupied by Soviets now. Pilecki said, no, I'm going to go back. War didn't end. Soviets took over Poland. I'm going to fight against them. He went and single-handedly, again, was fighting against Soviets and was arrested, was tortured for one year in the prison Rakowiecka in Warsaw, to such an extent that he said that Auschwitz was a joke in comparison to the tortures that he went through in that prison. And then when Soviets or Poles under Soviet occupation couldn't break his spirit, they decided to make a show trial and accused them of being a traitor of communist Poland and shot them with a single shot to the back of his head. Na korytarz. Nazwisko. Pilecki. Imię. Witold. Syn. 
Juliana i Ludwiki. Data i miejsce urodzenia. 13 maja 1901 roku w Ołońcu. body till today is not found. Probably they burned his body so the ashes would spread and nobody would ever know about him. Yet the movie was made and I was casted to play first Captain Witold Pilecki in the movie. And this movie is amazing. The story is amazing. This man was amazing. So to portray him, to become him, to become a better human being, stronger human being. And not only that, After the movie was made, the book was published in United States, the reports from Auschwitz that Pilecki wrote right after the wars, because he, he didn't know if there's going to be another war, what's going to happen to the world. So he wanted the next generations know about what happened in Auschwitz, about the people who were tortured and murdered over there. So the reports state they were in the archives in London after war, because he had two copies. One copy was in Poland, that got destroyed by communists, but the other one survived. That was published in the United States very successfully, got the best prose of a year in the United States Award, the best independently published book, Benjamin Franklin Award. Then uh, the publisher approached me and asked me to make a show with her that in this show she would be explaining the story, the history of the world of Europe at that time, <clears throat> at the time of the before, during the war and after the war, and I'll be portraying Pilecki. And with that show, we traveled again around the world uh, very successfully. And after that, audiobook.com, the most famous, audible.com, audible the most famous uh, uh, audio um, publishing house, bought the rights to the book. And guess what? They hired me to read 10 hours reports of Pilecki from Auschwitz, which was very successful. And anybody can, can today download it, buy it, and listen to it. It's in English. We got fantastic reviews from the Washington Post. It's very well made. Um, but then you ask me about Broadway. Yes. Uh, I, I was approached by the American producer to, who saw my Pilecki show. And he said, listen, I mean, this is mind-blowing. And what you do on stage is amazing. I have another story also about Auschwitz, Polish hero, somebody else. Would you do it with me? We got into the process, but half a year into the process, the producer gave up on it, unfortunately. And at that time, United Solo, one actor festival in New York on Broadway, which is the largest one actor festival in the world. 130 shows in competition invited me to come to the festival with my one-actor show. I said, yes, but I have a show only for two people. He said, well, then why don't you direct it with one person? And I didn't have much time, but I did that. It was 24-7. Basically, I got into the 
the vision tunnel and I was directing it. I was doing everything. I got not the costume. I got the uniform of the real soldier who fought at the famous Monte Cassino battle. I performed in that real costume, my boots, 1941. There's a big, big, in in the real uniform, there's a big stamp, you know, on the shoes, Mm. stamp on the jacket. I again became Pilecki in one actor show, 60 minutes on stage, all the reviewers, the best critics over there. I performed three times. It was sold, sold out three times. I got standing ovations for 10 minutes each time. People were crying, hugging, etc., etc. You can ask Gosha because she watched every show. Uh, it was a huge success because I won the, festival, um, the best documentary show award. Plus, it was the five-star choice by the critics. Uh, I got invitations and, and many media, amazing media coverage and press coverage. I got invitations to go with the show to Canada, to United States to Vienna and Austria, to Poland, guess what? Nobody knew coronavirus is going to happen. So, of course, everything was stopped. Uh, I was supposed to perform in April in Canada and then go in May to... Oh, go back. Everything will happen again. Marek, thank you for sharing this story because this is a... a This story. This is a story that stays with you for so, so long time. And I think, well, you will carry this hero with you forever. So I think, again, time is running out of our show for our show for today, but I think we got even deeper insight to your family life, to your, all of your passions, and of course, everything what the future can bring. And I know that people will be waiting for part three, whenever we happen. We'll be finding out when Vincent... I wanted to add to part two that one thing that I promised myself when my kids came to the world, which is the biggest joy of my life, of course, I said I'll never lie to my kids. I'll spend every day with them. If this is in physical presence or spiritual presence, you know, that's what it takes. You can have even a dead tree, but if you pour crystal water there, fresh water there, that that tree will bloom one day. So, and I'm talking about that tree. And if you get wonderful spirits like my kids and wonderful partners, my wife, and you pour every single day light, truth, joy, meaning, that's what happens. Miracle happens. I can't it's blooming all around me, as you can better. see. I cannot be a better thing to our show. You can beautifully you know created the round and circle of life for all of us to follow so I, again i'm so thankful for every uh, minute of the show and I'm happy to be a friend uh, forever and our children hopefully and my children natasha miraya who is producing our shows excellent uh, shows for, for almost one year right now think i need to thank her because she's a perfect child too and we are having very close relationship. So I know, again, family is all what matters. A rest will come eventually to the places. But thank you for this two hours, two beautiful shows. And again, I wish all of you the best of luck. And till next time. Thank Thank you so much. Let's keep dancing. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Accent On with Alona Europa right here on L.A. Talk Radio.